Well, good evening. Good evening. Wow, I think the boat is kind of listing to this side a little bit. Now, I know that uh, Miss Deb has brought a lot of folks from almost home. I hope y'all feel at home tonight, amen, because you are among people who love the Lord, and that's what this is all about. So uh, if you're feeling kind of cramped and tight on that side and you want to move a few over on this side to make the boat rock back down to level, that'll be fine. But uh, God bless you for being... Where is Miss Deb? I don't see her. Oh, there she is. Now look, I I know you've got some from uh, a lady's home and some from the men's home. Is that right? How long has the men's home been open now? About a month. I knew it hadn't been long. Because I've been asking, a guy's been asking me about places to go, and I, I hadn't been shooting them your direction. Uh, I understand you got maybe one bed opening now. Yes. Amen. Well, I, I I got plenty of folks to fill it for you. Yeah, amen. But uh, God bless you for being here tonight. I have been uh, praying about this for the past I don't know few months, and uh, it finally just kind of snuck up on me, boy. And uh, you, you, you look forward and look forward and look forward and, and everything's, you know, going in that direction. And then all of a sudden things start happening around you and it takes your focus off what's going to be happening here tonight. Um, I, I know most of y'all have already heard uh, about Matt and Tanger Maroon's uh, nephew that was flying the uh, crop duster and uh, crashed and, and got killed yesterday. 22 years old. So uh, you be praying for that family. They are broken. Their uh, their their hearts are just shattered, and uh, the whole family needs your prayers. So uh, God bless you for praying for them. Uh, we'll be meet, meeting together here uh, tonight's Wednesday night, of course Thursday night, and then Friday night, and then Saturday night. And uh, of course, I expect this whole crowd to be back here Sunday morning. That's not funny. What did you say? I know, right? <laughs> Amen. Well, come on back. I get to preach Sunday morning. Amen. That guy over here get to fill this pulpit for the next four nights, tonight and the next three nights. And uh, I'm a jealous preacher. Boy, I tell you what, this is mine. It's mine. It's mine. And I don't want to give it up. But uh, for him, I will. He's, he's the only guy that gets to preach behind this pulpit besides me. Amen. But uh, I'm looking forward not only to tonight and the next night and the next night and the next night, but I'm really looking forward to Sunday night. I'm, I'm excited about that. So, brother, you, uh, you just preach your heart out, whatever God has laid on your heart. We're excited. We've been praying for you. And uh, we just know whatever it is that God lays on your heart is going to be exactly what we need. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for your love, for your mercy. We thank you for this time that we are gathered in your house. God, we lift up those that are grieving, those that hurt. God, that uh, have sicknesses and illnesses and and, uh, things going on in their hearts, their homes, their families, their lives. God, we just pray that You'll touch and heal and and, uh, move in a way that only You can. God, we invite You here tonight that You'll touch Brother Scotty and bring back to memory the things that he studied and use his tongue, God, to, to preach Your Word to us. God, help us to be attentive. God, to receive exactly the message that You send To us, perspectively, God, I know that the same message that Scotty preaches tonight may touch one person in one way and another in a different. But God, we're all here looking for a message from You. 
And God, we'll give you the praise and the glory for that. Uh, thank you for the folks that have turned out here tonight. Watch over them as they return home this afternoon. And God, we give you the praise for all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And it's great to see you, Brother Scotty. God bless you. We can't, we're looking forward so much to hearing from you today and the rest of this week. And wow, what a wonderful looking crowd. When I look back at what I thought was living, I am amazed at the price I chose to pay. And to think I ignored what really mattered, cause I thought the sacrifice would be too great. When I finally reached the point of giving in, I found the cross was calling even then. And even though it took dying to survive, I've never felt so much alive. For I
294, let others see Jesus in you. And I hope that is your prayer every day, that Jesus shine through your life and others would see him
I know I say a lot of my songs are my favorite songs, uh, but this really is my favorite song. <laughs> I really could go to my grave singing this song because it speaks so much truth of who I am and who I was. So, so you're not lying to us this time. I'm not lying to you. This, this is my favorite, favorite song. I'll probably say it again later, but in another song later on in the week. But this, you're lying to us. This, I, yeah, this, this is my favorite song. Love you, brother. Love you, too. Sinner saved by grace. Oh, amen. That's my favorite when you do. Honestly. I wouldn't lie to you. If you could see what I once was, if you could go
we say through faith not of works the gift of God amen not of works lest any man should boast thank God for his grace touch that mic for me right there in front of you I'm touching it yeah. <laughs> you may peck on it is that better is that better alright I mean, he's got something in my pocket, and it's blue. <laughs> I got the control in my I pocket. Guess I'm the blue light <laughs> special at Walmart, amen. Eh, you know, Kmart used to have a blue light special, amen. Eh, you know, blue light special, you know what that is? Amen. Every time I come here, you stick something in my pocket or some kind of gadget or something, amen. And uh, so he told me not to move. Just stay right behind the pulpit. Is that on my key ring? Amen. That's, a That's the buzzer, all right? Amen. <laughs> Well, praise the Lord, I've been blessed to be here. Thank each one of you for coming. Good to see the brothers and sisters from almost home with us. And, and we thank the brothers and sisters for the great work that they're doing for the Lord uh, through that program. We thank each one of you for being with us tonight. Pray that the Lord may speak to us all in the unique way that we have need of. Amen. We're not here by accident, by divine appointment. And whether we lost or whether we saved, amen, we need to hear a word from God tonight and uh, that God may change us from glory to glory into His glorious image. And I'm here to, just like you, I've not arrived, I've not obtained, but I am in pursuit of Him, amen. I want to know Him. And I'm not satisfied where I am spiritually, and I need God to do a work in me and through me for His glory. And I know that's your desire also, amen. And so we pray and thank you. Thank you, dear sister, for the labor of love, providing the meal for us tonight. And um, and I confess I ate too much. Amen. And uh, so, uh, but thank you. It was good. We appreciate it. It was a blessing. If you have your Bibles with us tonight, 
We're going to turn to the book of Psalms in 46. I was here, I think, I don't know if it's in November or December. Uh, the pastor had to be gone, and he invited me to come and uh, preach. And um, I, I preached on verse 1 of this text. And um, But I want to take this text tonight. Uh, this week, these four nights, and we're going to stay in this text, and we're going to go further and further into the text each night. Psalms 46. And we're going to read the whole text tonight. And uh, now, uh, when I was here before, I preached a message just on verse 1. We didn't go any further. Uh, but tonight, we're going to pick up verse 4 and continue on, and each night we'll be uh, in this passage. So if you found your place, let us stand in the reverence of the reading of God's Word. If you're not able to stand, it's okay. Uh, you don't have to. <laughs> Excuse me. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, saith, there's a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and right early. The heathen rage. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered His voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Salem. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations He hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow. He cutteth the spear asunder. He burneth the chariot the fire. Be still. And know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Let's pray. Father, tonight, You are the one true living God. The sovereign I am. And Lord, we are humbled together in Your house tonight with Your people to expound upon Your Word. But all is vain unless Your Holy Ghost, who is the teacher, teaches us the supernatural truths thereof. And Lord, we're asking You now to invade our very beings of our soul and our spirit, impregnate our minds and our hearts with Your Word and Your Spirit. Arrest us now. And Lord, don't let us leave like we come. We confess we are a desperate people and a desperate hour. Oh God, in desperation, Lord, for You, a manifestation of Your glory, God, even right here tonight, Lord, bring the revelation of salvation to the one that's lost, Lord, and regenerate them, Lord, and reconcile them into Your glorious presence. And God, for the saint of God that we've grown cold and weary and worn. Lord, may You revive us again, O Lord, that our souls may rejoice in Thee. Help us now, Lord, is our cry. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. 
We began looking, or I preached here on verse 1. I'm just going to give you a brief overview of that to get us into the context. This is a song about trials, troubles, and tribulations. But it is a song of triumph. This song, it speaks of the sovereignty of God, the power of God. If you'll notice in verse 1, the very first word is God. In verse 11, and, and it ends with God. The God of Jacob is our refuge and everything in between. The centrality, the main focus is upon God and His sovereignty. The Bible says in Psalms 24 and 1, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. God's got a plan and a purpose for His pleasure, and we're His people tonight in the process of the very work of a God. A sovereign God. Amen. We're not here by accident. Everything you'll find out is ordained of God, originates with God, or it's overridden by God because God is sovereign. In Colossians 1, all things were created by Him and for Him. Whether they be things in heaven, in earth, visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things was created by Him because He is sovereign. Amen. And so therefore, God... We see that in the very first verse. I mean, this sovereign God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And brother, this word refuge is mentioned three times in the text. And that's what we're going to be focusing on in the next four nights. And here, you see, if you'll run to God for your refuge, what you will find at this refuge, it is a place to rest from the toils of work. It is a place of relief from trouble and worry. It is a place to refrain from tribulation and woe. This word refuge in verse 1, in the Hebrew it means a shelter. A shelter. Remember when every imagination of man was continually evil. And God said, I'm going to destroy the world with a flood. I'm going to destroy all of humanity. Amen. But God in His grace, Amen, He told Noah to build an ark. You know what that ark was? That ark became a refuge. A shelter. Because of the very coming storm of the wrath and the judgment of God upon humanity for their wickedness. And he built that ark just like God said when it come time. God said, Noah, come into the ark. And here's a picture of salvation by grace through faith. He just obeyed the Word of God. He couldn't figure it out. Amen. All he had to do, his brothers, obey the Word of God. He entered into that ark. God gave him an invitation to come. And he believed it. He received it. And he acted upon it. He went into that ark, him and his family. And the Bible said God shut the door. And when God shut the door, God rained out His wrath and His judgment globally upon humanity. And the Bible said destroyed them all. That ark, the Bible tells us, is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. That ark was a refuge, a shelter from the time of the storm of God's wrath. Only those in that refuge, only those in that shelter were saved from the wrath of God. Brother, the Bible says our life is hid in Christ in God. So I, therefore it is time to run to the refuge. This refuge, what you will find in this shelter, you will find the salvation of God. Only those in that shelter were saved. 
It says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 9, it's, God's not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, the only way you will ever be saved from the coming wrath and judgment of God and the eternal condemnation of God and separation from God is through God's provision of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our only hope. Amen. God is our refuge and strength. Very present help in trouble at this refuge you'll find salvation, but you'll also find security. The Bible tells us in the book of Colossians, amen, chapter 2, in Him, talking about in Christ, in the refuge, in the shelter, in Him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in Him. Who is the head of all principalities and powers. Amen. Brother, this sovereign power supersedes the devil and the demons of hell. That's some security. Amen. Amen. He says, My sheep hears my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Amen. And no one can pluck them out of my hand. Brother, if you have run to the refuge, which is God, which is a shelter of salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's eternal security. Amen. We are in the very hand of a sovereign God. And there is no power that supersedes the power of God. God is our refuge. And strength. Not only at this shelter will you find salvation and security, but there's a safety. Said over here in Psalms 91, He who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Amen. And he says in verse 5, Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, or the destruction that wasteth in new day. Amen. Brother, if you have run to God for the be of the refuge, amen, and you have sought the shelter that His provision, that He provided by His grace, which brings unto us salvation and security and safety. Therefore, he said in verse 2, We will not fear. In spite of the crisis, the situation of Corona, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. Now you listen, with a sound mind, we need to be cautious about Corona, careful with Corona. We need to do all of that, amen. But we cannot sacrifice the convictions of Christ on the altar of Corona. He's not given us a spirit of fear. Power. Because God is our refuge and strength. He says in the book of Isaiah 25 and 4, Thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in distress, a refuge from storm. God is our refuge and strength. Very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear. Let me get into verse 2 now. I'm just overviewing, getting where I want to preach. Therefore we will not fear, watch verse 2, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, and though the waters thereof roar and be troubled in the mountain shake. Now look at that. You know what that is? That's environmental chaos. I mean, the earth is removed. The mountains are carried in, in, 
been cast into the sea. Now if a mountain is carried, who can carry it? Only the God that created it. The sovereign I am is the only one that can carry a mountain. And what we're seeing here is environmental chaos, calamity, corruption, confusion. You know, the environmentalists, they've been hollering for probably 20 some odd more years. Global warming, global warming. Global warming has been the platform to bring globalization, unification of humanity. To save ourselves, we must save the planet. And they even added on the evening news the Pope when he gave his New Year's Mass, or it may have been the Christmas Mass, one of the two, because they showed it on the evening news and I watched it. The segment, and this is what the Pope said. The Pope said to humanity, in order for us to save ourselves, we must come together in unity and work together to save this earth. It's our only hope. Tell you something, that's humanism. And if you believe that garbage, you don't believe this medicine book. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, amen, this earth is going to burn with a forever heat and it's going to be dissolved. Amen. I don't care how many plastic straws you keep out of the ocean. I don't care how much CO2 gas you keep pumping in the atmosphere. I don't care how many fossil fuels you quit burning. Amen, brother. You're not going to save this earth and the plan of God, the purpose of God, for the pleasure of God. This earth is going to burn with a, a forever heat and be dissolved. Why? It's under a curse. Amen. Just like you and me all have sinned and come under the curse. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. We're in a cursed world. Therefore, God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. We'll wind up there to Wednesday, whatever night when we get done. Amen. I preach every night. I don't know what night it is anymore. Amen. My wife told me before we left home, she said, It's Wednesday. I said, Okay. And so, brethren, I mean, what we're witnessing here in verse 2 and 3 is environmental chaos. The mountains removed. Carrying, casting, the waters are roaring and troubled. But what is the contrast to chaos? Calm. Notice verse 4. There's a river. Its streams will make glad the city of God. I mean, just saying that in the it brings a peace and a calm to the text. Amen. There's a river. We in our country, we got many parks and built along the river banks with benches, and people always sit there and say, "When I get discouraged and and dismayed and and and, and distracted, and and I I just come and sit down on the bank of the river, and it has a calming effect." A lot of people go fishing. They said it don't matter if I catch anything or not, just being out on the river. Brings a calm. 
Our songbooks is full of songs about the river. Shall we gather at the river? The beautiful, the beautiful river. Shall we gather at the river that flows by the throne of God? I want to preach tonight on there's a river. You might be here tonight in the midst of chaos in your family, in your life. Corruption. Confusion. You don't know which way is up or down or which way to turn. I want you to understand something. There's a river that can bring a calm to your soul in spite of the situation and the circumstances you're in tonight. There's a river. When I was a boy growing up down in the Vols Parish, river over there is called the Red River. Now the word vo- the word vacation wasn't in our vocabulary, Brother Homer. Amen. <laughs> but every summer, the whole family got the pots and the pans and the cooking grease, the momos, the papas, aunts, uncles, all the cousins, and we'd go down to the river and we'd spend a whole week on that river. We didn't have tents and all that stuff. We just slept out on the stars. If we didn't catch it or kill it, we didn't eat. And there we would be there. Some things was taking place by that river I didn't recognize as a boy. One thing taking place by that river was relaxation. And you'd throw your pole in the water and lay back on that sandbar and just sit there, amen, relax. Relaxation. Not only relaxation, but there was restoration. Maybe some of the family members had a little off with each other, amen, and during that week uh, there was restoration. And then revitalization. You know, the Bible tells us if we'll come to the river. He says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me all yet labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I'm meek and lowly at heart and you shall find rest for your soul. Listen, I'm telling you there's a river tonight where you can find some rest for your weary soul. But you're going to come to Him. Restoration. What does Psalm 23 say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. He maketh me to lie down in the green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Where does it restore your soul? By the calm waters. Well, there's restoration because there's a river. And then the last one is revitalization. <coughs> Excuse me, he says over here in the book of Psalms, 138, verse 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Oh, brother, he said, right in the midst of trouble, you can revive me. God in His sovereignty can revive our soul, amen, in spite of the circumstance and the situation. Church, it is time to exhibit a calm faith. Y'all remember the apostle Paul and Silas was beaten for preaching. Oh, I forgot. Was beaten for preaching the gospel. I might have a hard time with that. And they chained them. They beat them up, locked them up, chained them up, and throwed them in the innermost prison. Why? These are dangerous. 
not just to come in prison. No, these are dangerous people. Why are they so dangerous? Because they believe that Jesus was the Son of God. They believe He died for their sins. They believe He rose from the dead. And they believe He's coming again to establish His kingdom. That He's going to destroy this world and make a new world. No, there's dangerous people. We've got to eradicate them and eliminate them. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you something, Christian. It's what this world thinks about you. You are a danger to the community. You're a danger to the culture and the country. And brother, the church is a danger to socialism, communism, and totalitarianism. And that seems where this country is head, bent on heading, amen, in that direction. And the only thing that the bulwarks keeping it at bay is the Holy Ghost of God and the people of God, the church of God. There's they chained them up, beat them up, locked them up, put them in the innermost pit prison. Now here's what I'm getting at. Here's my point. What did they start doing, brother? He started praying. You know what it says in Philippians and 4 verse 6? Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Let your request be known unto God. And the peace of God which passes understanding, will keep your minds and hearts in Jesus Christ. Woo! Brother, that word keep means guard. Amen. It's like a sentry on the post. Amen. Brother, if you'll just throw yourself at the throne of God, the mercy of God, in spite of the circumstance or the situation you're in, brother, there's a river. You can exhibit a calm faith right in the midst of crisis. And that's where the church is failing today. Because, brother, they exhibited a calm faith when there ought to have been a crime. And that prayer meeting busted out into a praise service. And they got to saying, God couldn't take it no more, and He blowed the doors off the place. Amen. And that jailer said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, you listen, they didn't have to run that guy down and drag him to church. They didn't have to beat him on the head with the Bible. This lost man saw something in them that was supernatural. When these people are in a crisis, in a situation, when they ought to be crying and complaining, they're praising God and singing. You know why? Because Paul had run to the refuge. He knew he was in the shelter of God, the safety of God. In the security of God. And the devil and the demons of hell couldn't touch him unless God allowed him to. And brother, he just got to praying to God and singing to God and praising God. And brother, as they exhibited a calm faith, the lost could sense something. There's something supernatural and different about that guy. What is it? How, what must I do to be saved? And he said, believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and I shall be saved. Ooh, boy, he got saved. He said, you got to come tell my family this good news. Amen. Went home, his family got saved. Baptized. Church, it is time to be the church. Outside the four walls of this building. And just simply be in the church out there at Walmart, in the grocery store, wherever it is we go, it is time to exhibit a calm faith. And you can do that because there's a river. 
there's a river. Brother Paul and Silas. Here's my points before I forget. I want to preach on the river tonight. There's three characteristics of a river. A river is full. A river is flowing. And the river fails not. And brother, there's a river where we can experience a calm faith in the midst of crisis. First of all, the river is full. Now one of the symbols in the Bible for the Word of God is water. Ephesians 5.26 He might sanctify and cleanse it by the washing of water by the Word of God. Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He must be born of the water and the Spirit. Here's the two necessary active agents of salvation and regeneration and reconciliation. Water and Spirit. Now that water is not baptismal regeneration. He ain't talking about baptismal waters. He's not talking about physical birth water. Some people believe that. But brother, the water he's referencing to there is the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Then he says in 1 Peter and 1.23, we're born again not of a corruptible seed, but by the incorruptible seed, by the Word of God. And this is how this works. Amen. Somewhere you come in contact with the Word of God. It may be in a revival meeting like this, or it may have been in a Sunday morning service. It may have been in a Sunday school. It may have been in a prayer meeting. It may have been on the gospel of the radio. It may have been on a church sign, the Scriptures. Amen. Maybe somebody at work gave you a gospel track, or somebody gave you a word. Amen. And brother, that is the incorruptible Word of God that was planted and lodged in your heart and it can lay there dormant for years. See, you've got to be born of the water and the Spirit. And then the Holy Ghost comes. And brother, He quickens that seed and makes it alive. The Bible tells us in the Gospel of John, Amen, the Holy Ghost convicts of sin and righteousness and judgment to come. Brother, the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and reveals to me I'm a damned, doomed, depraved sinner headed for hell without God and without hope and I cannot save myself. Amen. And that same Spirit takes the same Scriptures reveals to me there's a Savior and that Savior is Jesus Christ. Amen. And brother, I come to Him and I confess my sins to Him. So if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus shall believe in thine heart that God raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. Not only do I come and confess my sin to Him, I, come, I call upon Him who serves a call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And brother, He hears my cry and my call but long before I called Him. See, He already been calling me and drawing me by the Word of God and the Spirit of God unto Himself as He brings the revelation of salvation. And I cry in my desperation, amen, and He hears. Brother, He washes me with His blood and He clothes me in His righteousness. And brother, He changes me and creates in me a clean heart. And brother, I am born into the family of God by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And if you ain't been born into the family of God like that, then you're none of His. And you will not be entering into the kingdom of God. There's a river. This river 
It's full. Remember Jesus told the little woman at the well in John chapter 4, whoever drinks of this water, amen, the world's water shall thirst again. And humanity is thirsting, amen, and they're drinking of the world's water. They're drinking of their occupation, their education, recreation. Oh, they, you got people in the world today climbing the corporate ladder and they think if I could just become the CEO of some Fortune 500 company, then I would have arrived and I'll be satisfied. Amen. And they'll lie and they'll cheat and they'll connive and backbite and steal and they'll sacrifice their marriages, they'll sacrifice their family and all just to get to the top. And when they get to the top, they find out they're just as void and empty and vain at the top as they was in the bottom at this when they started. And they've done sacrificed it all. And you're still thirsty. You got people that are professional students. I know people that's got a doc three, two or three doctorate degrees in the Bible. They ever learned and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Mm. Intellectual. But don't know God. And the more they study, the more they learn, the more knowledge they get. They just, they just thirst and thirst and thirst for knowledge, but they still don't know Him. They're still as vain and void. Recreation. The more we get, the more we want, the more we want, the more we get. We thirst for the alcohol, we thirst for the drugs, we thirst for the sex. The more you want it, the more you get it, the more you get it, the more you want it, you just thirst and thirst. That seems like the only thing that's satisfied, but if it's satisfied, why do you still want it? Because it don't satisfy. It leaves you empty and void. Solomon said, Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. But Jesus told that little woman, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give them, I shall be in them a well springing up to everlasting life. Look at that, springing up. See, I'm talking about being full. A river is full. And brother, I tell you what, you drink of the Lord Jesus Christ, brother, He will fill you up with the Spirit of God. He says in Ephesians 3.16, Amen, we're strengthened by His Spirit in the inner man. God is our refuge and strength. Amen. Brother, He is the river inside of us that is filling us up. Amen. Listen, when you get full of the Spirit of God, you will be full of faith. Amen. The Bible says in Hebrews and in 10 and verse 22, draw nigh unto God with full assurance of faith. In Acts 6 and 8, it says, Stephen was full of faith. Not only will you be full of faith, you'll be full of joy. He says in Isaiah 12 and 3, with joy shall you draw water out of the well of salvation. In 1 Peter 1 and 8, amen, you'll be full of, of joy and uh, full of glory and joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. Isaiah. You'll be full. He said in the book of Acts in chapter 2 and in verse 28, Brother, he says, Thou hast made me to know the way of life. And thou hast filled me with joy. Whoo, you drank of the water of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I, you won't have to go to church and fake a faith. And you won't have to jack up your joy. It'll just be in you. In spite of the circumstances or the crisis you're in, you will have a joy and you'll have a faith that's unshakable. And peace. Listen, peace is a person. He said in John 14, 27, Peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, giveth I unto you. Folks, listen, peace is a person. 
And if you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you've been to the river, the world around you can be falling down just like Paul and Silas and you can have peace right in the middle of it because you know Him. A peace. A peace. He said, I'll be in you. Now what is this? It's the Spirit of God. Born of the water and the Spirit. Now the Spirit of God's in you. And what is He in you for? He's in us and He's filling us up. Amen. And brother, if you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh and you'll produce what? The fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, temperance, kindness, gentleness, faith. Amen. It'll be in you. You don't have to produce it. It's Jesus, amen. In you, amen, the hope of glory. Brother, it'll just be a welling up in you. Now why does He fill us up? Point number two, to flow through us. See, a river's not only full, a river's flowing. He said again there in the Gospel of John 7, 38, He who believes in Me out of His heart will flow rivers of living water. See, what's in you is going to flow out of you. Amen. And brother, that river inside of you, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, brother, He'll fill you up for the very purpose to flow out of you, and that's how you can exhibit a calm faith in this culture out there. Amen. That people will see a supernatural presence about you that they are aware of that's absence in them, and it will create in them a thirst. Let your light shine before men that they may see what? Your good works. And glorify who? Your Father who's in heaven. The river is flowing. Remember in the book of Luke 24, verse 47, the Lord told His disciples that repentance for the remissions of sin should be preached in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Then He turns around and tells you can't do what I've just told you to do. So go tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. Acts 1.8 You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Notice the continuation of that. Amen. It's going to start at Jerusalem and it's just going to start flowing. What? The Gospel. And brother, on the day of Pentecost, God poured out His Spirit on the church. Amen. There's just 120. Brother, He poured out the Holy Ghost on them for the very purpose of proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. He went out there, Peter did, and preached in Acts chapter 2, and guess what? 3,000 were saved. He preached again in chapter 4, 5,000 were saved. Amen. And what you will find, the theme of the book of Acts is that the Gospel goes supernaturally, unhindered. It started flowing right there in the upper room at Jerusalem. And brother, now it's a flowing and it goes on out to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part, brother. It's flowing and you can't stop it. That's right. Amen. You get to the book of Acts in chapter 8, amen, that Ethiopian was saved. And brother, he's a descendant of Ham. And you get to chapter 9, and Paul, the apostle Paul was saved. He's a descendant of Sham. And then you get to chapter 10, Cornelius was saved, and he is a, a descendant of Japheth. And what you have right there in those three chapters is, is a representation of all the human race that came off the ark. The gospel goes unhindered. See, that's the characteristics of a river. Now we all familiar with the Mississippi River, right? Right there at Natchez, that river's water. About a mile, probably over a mile wide. What's well, a mighty river, ain't it? It's big. But you can go to Minnesota and step over. 
You go to Minnesota at the head of the river, and it's like a ditch. You just step over. Here's my point. The further a river flows, the greater it grows. Brother, it started flowing from the very throne of God on the day of Pentecost. And it has been flowing all these years. And brother, it is growing and growing and growing in spite of humanity and what man tries to dam it up and stop it. You ain't going to stop the Spirit of God. You can go to the book of Ezekiel, amen, in chapter 47, and the Lord brought him to, uh, to the throne, and amen, and He said, flowing from the throne of God was a river. He said it flowed from the throne and it flowed out of the threshold and it went to the north, the south, the east, and the west. You know what he's saying? The brother, the gospel is for every kindred, tongue, and nation of people on humanity of the earth. And he told him, told him, measure. He said, I measured it. It was ankle deep. He said, measure it again. He said, it was knee deep. Measure it again. He said, it was waist deep. Measure it again. He said, it's over our head and we're swimming in it. Brother, I'm telling you, they're right here in America. America may be bowing her neck and scoffing at God and laughing at God and mocking at God and denying God. But I'm telling you, around this world, people are coming to the Lord Jesus Christ by the multitudes of thousands. Brother Mark asked me about Africa where I work. We have an orphanage in Africa. And this year, last year in 20, we didn't get to go because of the COVID. And I've always discipled them and told them, listen, there's going to be a coming day when we can't come. You're the local church. You're responsible to reach your own people with the gospel. This year we didn't get to go. They reached four unreached villages, amen, where there's no churches. And brother, even now, they're having Bible, once a week Bible teachings and classes in those three of those villages. One of them villages, they planted the church and baptized over 500 people, amen. The rivers flow. I've got missionary friends in South America and other countries where the thousands are coming to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Brother, the river's flowing in another country. I won't say the name. Amen. We've been working in for over 10 years and God gave us a vision to plant 100 churches there. Now, they can't have a church building like this. They're under persecution. But now, in the 10 years, they sent me a letter. and I didn't get to go there that last year either. And they sent me an email and said, listen, we had, we had a gathering and we have planted now over 100 house churches and baptized thousands of people. Amen. In a land of persecution. River is flowing. Don't let it pass you by. You can sit on the banks if you want to. Sit on Jordan's stormy banks and just let it roll by. If we're going to get to that tomorrow night or the next night, amen. Brother, I'm just saying here tonight, if you are experiencing chaos, confusion, a situation, calamity in your life, there's a river. The river is full. Revelation 22, 17, the Spirit says come. The bride says come. Let him that hear it come. And whosoever will, let him come and drink of the fountains of the waters of life freely. Here in a moment, we're fixing to give the invitation. The Pastor Mark will be here. I know there's many visitors here. And as we give this invitation, you can come. And you say, Brother Mark, I, I'm lost and I need to be saved. I want to confess my sins to the Lord. I want to call upon the Lord.
I need to be saved. I need a calm in my soul, in my spirit that only God can bring. I need some rest. I need some restoration. I need God to change me and make me whole. I need revival in my soul and spirit. Maybe you know you're saved, but you've been backing up on God. You're not where you ought to be with God. There's a river. He said its streams makes glad the city of God. Here's my closing point as I close. This river fails not. Listen to it over here in the book of Revelations 22. We're in the new heaven and the new earth. In verse 1, He showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, there's the tree of life, which bore her twelve kinds of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. You know what healing is? Healing is revitalization. And there shall be no curse. Well, if you're in a place where there's no more curse, what is that? That's restoration. We'll see that last night. He said, I'll make all things new. Restoration. But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. And they shall see His face. And His name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and no need of a candle, neither the light of the sun. For the Lord God, what just giveth them, circle that them, Light and they, circle the they, shall reign forever and ever. <coughs> Brother, that is revitalization, restoration, rest. We'll reign with Him in a place where there's no more curse forever and ever. But then, them and the they. Who is that? That's those that was drawn by the Word of God and the Spirit of God and came to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That could be you tonight. Every born again believer in this room is the they and the them. But if you're not saved, you won't be by this river. There's a river. Does that bring you any sense of despair? You can leave here tonight with a calm. A river. It makes glad the city of God, the people of God. Because we will be with Him forever and ever. Father, tonight, we thank You for Your saving grace. Your mercy. Lord, for working right here in our midst tonight. In the realm of the Spirit to do what we cannot do in the realm of the flesh. The souls of men and women are being weighed in the balance and found in want. Lord, arrest us now and do not allow us to leave like we come. 
Lord, by let your Holy Ghost have liberty to bring revelation and illumination of salvation. And all to the saints of God that we might just come and cry out to you in repentance and revive our hearts, O Lord, as we drink of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's stand as we sing what number? 188 in the hymn book. The altars are open. If the Lord spoke to you tonight, if you're the church, you know that you're saved. It's time to be the church. To exhibit a calm faith, amen, in the midst of crisis. You can do that tonight. Say, Lord, you say, Brother how can I do that? Run to the refuge. The Lord is our refuge and strength. Say, Lord, strengthen me to be the witness I need to be outside the four walls of this building. He'll do it as we say. He's calling. He's calling today. If you're lost tonight, we're not asking to join the church. We're inviting you to Christ. Nothing to satisfy you. You run from this water hole to that water hole. And you're drinking and drinking. And the more you drink, the more you thirst, and the more you thirst, the more you drink. Jesus said, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give them, I shall be in them a well springing up to everlasting life. Oh, there's a river. There's a river. There's a river filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood and lose all their guilty stains. There's a river. softly just bow your head and pray you can make an altar right there in that pew call upon the name of the Lord cry out to him Lord I need some help Lord don't leave me like I am you see it said the streams there's a river its streams make glad the city of God the people of God is the city of God we are the habitation of God Brother, by that river, our family would go there. And, like I said, the grandmas and papas and aunts, the uncles and all the cousins. Well, all my mama and papas are sitting by the river tonight. Most of the aunts and uncles are going by that river. Many loved ones are going over now by that river. And I'll see them again on the other side. Amen. Soon and very soon, the people of God 
be by the river. To never thirst again, folks. If you're lost tonight, you can come be saved. Go back to your church community where the Spirit of God leads. Walk with Him and worship Him and work for Him with what limited time we got left. Brother, our redemption draweth nigh. Every born again child of God will tell you soon and very soon the Lord's coming. You don't have much time. Today's the day of salvation. We're not promised tomorrow. A couple of weeks ago, I was in a meeting. A young man was there, big muscled up young man. During the ice storm, they was out riding a four wheeler, playing in the snow like everybody did. Had an accident, hit a tree. Stayed in a coma for about a week. The doctor said there's no hope. He, he'll never come out of the coma, is what he told the family. But God woke him up. The doctor said he'll, he'll, he'll be paralyzed from the neck down. He'll never walk. About a week later, he got out of the bed. Brother, that night he walked into church. Got under Holy Ghost conviction sitting over against that wall. And the invitation like this, he'd step out now and he'd go back. He'd hang on to the pew. Man, he'd look up. He'd look down. Brother, he was scared to death. We got through with this part of the service. We was back there shaking hands and people was leaving the building. And he got to us and he said, I can't leave. And the pastor said, Son, you don't have to leave like this. He said, I have no peace. Brother, they walked right back down here and got on their face before God. And brother, before that young man left, he had a joy in his soul, a spring in his step, a song in his heart. He was a hugging everybody and shouting everybody. He said, I'm going home and tell my family, amen, what God has done for me. There's a river. There's a river. It makes glad the city of God. Don't leave like you come. Get near this pastor on the way out. We'll take time. We're not here to embarrass you. We're not here to manipulate you. We just want to help you in whatever need you have tonight. We're going to say one more verse. I'll give it to the pastor. There's a river. Come on.
God. 